Let's take this outside with Marianne Iveson, the podcast where she speaks to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about why they connect with nature. Rhea Colbel is a multi-sport athlete living in Golden, Colorado. She spends her winters in Europe competing on the Schema World Cup circuit and her summers in the States racing in a variety of sports and exploring the mountains. A professional athlete and coach, she has stood on podiums in obstacle course racing, trail racing, sky running, mountain biking, gravel riding, adventure racing, off-road triathlons, and schemo racing. Her short-term dream goal is to make it to the 2026 Winter Olympics as part of the Slovenian Schemo national team. And long-term, she hopes to never stop pushing her limits and playing in the mountains. Please welcome Rhea Kolbel. Rhea, thank you so much for joining me on Let's Take This Outside. Yeah, thank you for having me. You know what's hilarious is I love backgrounds of where people record, and you have two bikes behind <laughs> you. One looks like a road bike, and then what's the other one? Yeah, these are actually my husband's bikes. Mine are a little bit lower. <laughs> well, oh, there's more bikes. There's, there's like eight bikes. bikes behind you, right? Now. <laughs> there's like probably eight bikes in this apartment. <laughs> and you are in Golden, Colorado, correct? That's right. Okay, we're going to talk about that. But first of all, I have already interviewed um, your friends, Corinna Coffin and Lindsay Webster. And I feel like you're a perfect addition to this. But how do you how do you know those two? I'm assuming from the the um, obstacle course racing world. Yeah, I think I've known Lindsay for quite a few years now. Um, She was kind of in the game when I first started and already crushing it. And yeah, she's like a person that I look up to. And she's you know, really good at what she does. And she does it in a very healthy way, which I think is always something to strive for. Um, And then I met Karina. I don't know if I've met her before, but definitely at the Spartan Games, which was like a multi-day event that happened kind of sort of during COVID. And I definitely did not crush that. (laughs) But she... She she was like just excelling and everything there. But yeah, we're kind of like she's in like a multi-sport arena too. Um just a little bit different disciplines. This weekend you raced in the Ultimate Trail Chick Chocks in Quebec and that's that's in like northern Quebec if you know the geography at all. But you got first, didn't you? Didn't you win? <laughs> yeah, I did. Um the 23k. <laughs> and you got the course record for it, right? Yeah, also the second place lady was also under the previous course record. So I think it was really cool. Wow. Um, we definitely pushed each other. She was hot on my heels the whole time. So, but yeah, it was it was really fun. The trails were super technical, like they are in that area, but I kind of expected that. And it's kind of what I got to be pretty good at. I definitely wasn't a few years back when I was in that area for the first time. But yeah, it was a blast. It was really, really fun. Um, I got to say bonjour a lot. <laughs> Do you know French? Are you a... <laughs> no. <laughs> then they would start speaking to me in French and then I would be like, hold on, like that's the only word I know. So. <laughs> so like, do you know Slovenian? Because like I, yeah, because I... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How do you like racing in Canada? You mentioned the technical trails, but you race all over the world, whether it's, you know, the our Rocky Mountains, which are north of where you are, or it's in Quebec. How do you How do you like racing on our side of the border? Yeah, I don't know if I've done any. Well, I have actually. I've done a sky race on the other side of Canada, and the it, the landscape is just really wild. I feel like it's very different. The East Coast, like the Chick Chocks, were very rugged, very like very technical. Sometimes it doesn't feel like it's really a trail, but it is. And then the other side of the Canada, I feel like it's just so vast, and the mountains are really tall, and the landscape is like 
it like stretches for miles of wilderness. Yeah, I, I love it. I've always had really good experiences. Everybody was always really kind and the community, the, the communities I've been to are pretty small. And I think that kind of reflects that. But yeah, it's fun. <laughs> how did you end up in Golden, Colorado? How did that, why, why did, how did you and your husband land there? I moved to Colorado after I was done with grad school, figured I could go whatever I wanted to. And there were a lot of people who were, you know, professional athletes in Boulder. So I figured I'd give that place a try. I was attracted to the mountains and the Four Seasons, which I really missed living in California for eight years. And I grew up with Four Seasons. So I feel like I wanted to go back to that. And then I was kind of bouncing around the front range a little bit, but ultimately decided that I want to be close to the mountains. And it's a little bit hard for me to train at high altitude. I, I don't think I do very poorly, but I also don't thrive at altitude. And a lot of mountain towns in Colorado are really high. So I have a hard time recovering if I live at like over 2000 meters. So Golden was kind of low enough where I could train and recover, but still close enough to the mountains. I could go there whenever I want to. What's the altitude of Golden? About 2000. Yeah. Okay. So it's, 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 you're right along the, you're right along the, the coast. Yeah, it's it's just about like as high as I can be to really because then if you go do if you go on trails, you go higher. And I like really it's probably the highest I can go and still produce any sort of intensity and high quality workouts and then be able to sleep afterwards. <laughs> I've never like raced at, at altitude, but I've definitely been at like high, like 18,000 feet. So that'd be like what over five, five, six thousand meters. But I'm not a professional athlete and I struggled. Yeah horribly at, at altitude. What do you what do you struggle with at altitude? I think it's just hard to push very hard. So it really depends where you race. I think if you race at altitude, living at altitude is just fine. But a lot of the races that I, I do are in Europe or, you know, like just lower altitudes where the power you have to produce to be competitive is just a lot higher than what I can do here. So essentially you're working, you're racing the systems that you can never train and that doesn't usually end up super well. <laughs> And I, I really love being in the mountains and like to really get to like the high alpine here, you have to be like above 12,000 feet. Sometimes I'm playing up at like 14,000 feet and wow, all out running there is pretty slow hiking. <laughs> it's really hard to keep track of everything that you excel at. Uh, trail running, sky running, mountain biking, schemo. You are an all year round athlete. I, so a four season athlete. Can we call you a four season athlete? Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but you grew up in Slovenia and I've I've never been. It looks beautiful. Was the terrain a huge part of why you do the sports you do now? And can you describe the terrain? Because it's mountainous, right? Yeah, it's well, it's very varied. So I actually grew up as a gymnast, so I saw none of it. I was underground in a gymnastics hall for most of my childhood. But I do really enjoy going back. I do think, though, my my family was pretty active when I was little. And we went to the mountains every chance that we had whenever, you know, there was a little bit of a break from training. So I did grow up with skiing and like just like hiking a lot. But I, I do love the Alps. I, like in Slovenia, I feel like it's like really small. So you can be in the Alps like first half of the day and then drive to the seaside and go swim in the sea if you want to. So we have we have a little bit of everything. Um, so, yeah, it's really nice. It's nice for that. It must be really nice to go back and train and, and see your family. And yeah, I feel like it's a unique situation for me because I haven't done any of that when I lived there. So now going back, it almost feels like I'm exploring it for the first time. And yeah, I, every time I go back, I'm like, well, it's pretty nice here. <laughs> I could probably move back eventually. <laughs> but you ended up in, in the US. And at what point 
do you go from, you know, you're in gymnastics and what point do you go to running and sky running and these, ex- these extreme mountain sports? Yeah, I had a kind of sort of an intermission in between when I threw myself pretty all in in academia. Gymnastics kind of ended, like it was very abruptly done. Um, I had some like mental health issues. And I don't know if you followed along a couple of years ago for the Olympics when Simone Biles from US dropped out because of, they called it the twistis. But essentially, your mind forgets how to do the tricks. And then you stop midair. And you essentially don't know where ground is when you're up in the air. So that happened to me. And it's essentially why I had to stop because I was just crashing left and right all the time. And I just like forgot how to do most of the things that I could do in my sleep. But I had like a pretty like sort of a near miss with Olympics with that. And it was just too hard to stay in the sport after that and probably also too dangerous. So I kind of went into academia to fill the gap of doing something that's really hard for <laughs> extended hours on end every day. But it, like I, I kind of lost my way with sports for a little bit. But I found my way back because I just didn't feel very healthy at the time. I gained a lot of weight and I wasn't like, I just wasn't moving even to the point where you have to, to be like a healthy person. So running kind of took like that place for a little bit. So I was just running to have like a 30 minute break from studying. But I think I've always like sports have always been my passion. And the more I did it, the more I found the love of movement again. It was all outside this time. So it was kind of nice because it was both like a chance for me to be in the nature and a chance for me to push my body and move. And I think I like quickly realized that I don't really, I can't really live a life without that. So eventually after many years of studying and then trying to do sports at the same time, I've realized that the sports are just making me immensely happy and took my chances on um, just trying to be a pro athlete when I had the opportunity and it's somehow worked out. I love that you mentioned doing the sports outside and how you couldn't live without it. What is it about playing outside, whether it's on flat ground or the mountains? What makes that so special? Because I feel like it's a multi-layered benefit for us human beings. I think for me, especially being out on trails, it's just the noise of everyday life is stressful to me. So like car sounds and like city life and like artificial noise stresses me out but trails really calm me. So I really like going to places that are quiet and mountains are usually very quiet. They require focus. So when you're out there, I feel like you're very much in the moment, especially when you're on more like exposed terrain or when you're mountain biking fast downhill or when you're running fast downhill, it's really just like a single activity thing. I never look at my phone. I, it's nice to disconnect from devices. And I also feel like it just, it's sometimes, I feel like that part is like hard to explain to people who don't do it, but the joy that I get from pushing myself and like doing something that I didn't think I could do before, it just, it feels so good. There's nothing quite like it that's elsewhere. <laughs> I have to ask, how do you, how do you train so effectively for each sport? Cause they're all a, a bit different, but I'm assuming there's some overlap. So how how do you train for both schemo and sky running and or do you find they just kind of blend into each other like how does how does that work for your body and your mind for the longest time i was just a runner and i got quite injured quite often and i think i have more energy than i have ability of my joints to take that energy so i'm sure that if i just focused on one sport maybe i would have been better at that 
But I also know that having a variety of sports keeps me healthy and keeps me excited and like nothing gets boring because the variety is there. And I think that leads to consistency, which then essentially leads to success. So and like they, they're all endurance sports. So they all have in common, you have to go uphill in the mountains and then you have to be focused and like have a quick reaction and coordination to go quickly downhill on like technical terrain. So in a sense, I think mountain biking makes me a better runner because it's done at higher speeds. So I'm forced to get better at reading the line and then I can translate that to running downhill. So yeah, I think they're complementary. I am thinking of maybe focusing a little bit more on schema in the next couple of years because it is it is it is hard to especially racing to do it year round at a really high level. I've realized this summer I needed a little bit of a break and maybe next summer I'll do the same. Some of your accomplishments include the U.S. National North American Schema Champion, two-time Spartan Ultra World Champion, second place at the world's toughest race, Eco Challenge Fiji 2019. Is there something that you're most proud of? Is there something that you're always like, yeah, this is like, this is the ultimate thing in sport that, that I feel most proud of? Oh, that's a hard question. I don't know if there's like a single race that I'm most proud of, but I think what I am proud of is that I'm able to do all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so impressive. <laughs> I'm, so not, impressive. I'm not necessarily advocating to like race your butt off every weekend and do like way too much like volume and racing, but I, I am quite happy or like just like grateful that I'm like gifted enough that I can translate all these different sports and like when I focus on one for a little bit of time and I race in that I find success in it so I think that would probably probably be the one and I would say maybe the adventure race was one of the things that I think was the hardest and also what kind of opened the door to a lot of other things in life for me because coming into that I was just a runner and I essentially had to learn how to mountain bike to do that race. And then I had found love in mountain biking for that race. The paddling is still on the question. I go paddle sometimes, but I wouldn't say I do it all the time. But yeah, it kind of showed me that I can be more than just a runner. And I think I took that love then and like focused on the different disciplines and found that they actually work together quite well. Hi, it's Marianne. The Rideau Lake Cycle Tour is coming up June 8th and 9th. And if you're interested in getting outside for the ride from Ottawa to Kingston and back, use the promo code OUTSIDE2024 to get $20 off any two-day ride at ottawabicycleclub.ca. That's promo code OUTSIDE2024. It's said that the more time you have to invest, the greater the return. Well, guess what? Kids have the most time if we learn to invest early. That's why I created the Cash Kid Podcast, where I teach kids and some adults financial skills they need to know on how to earn, save, and invest their money. Join me on this journey as we interview experts and explore topics that allow you to grow your money as kids. Just remember, anyone can be a Cash Kid. You just have to learn how to become one. Get ready to grow your financial knowledge and your wallet with the Cash Kid Podcast. That's right. Find us at thecashkidpodcast.com or listen in on places like Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, or YouTube. Let's take this outside. Now has a newsletter. 
Keep up to date with outdoor news, events, and great discount codes and deals from our partners. Sign up today at letstakethisoutside.ca. Is there a sport that you maybe haven't tried yet or done once that you're like, ooh, I'd love to get so much better at that, like maybe mountain climbing? Or is there anything specific that you're like, ooh, I'd love to put more time into that? I'd really like to be a better mountaineer. I think eventually when I'm no longer racing, I do find a lot of joy in exploring mountains and going places that are off trail and not like necessarily marked as a route on the map. And I'm fully aware right now I don't have really the skills to do that. So this year I actually took tread climbing class. So like now I know how to place some gear in the rock and not die. (laughs) Can you explain what track climbing is? Yeah, so it's basically climbing without, like, the routes don't have bolts. So you bring your own gear and you find little places and cracks that you put it in and then you thread the rope through that. So if you fall, what's catching you is what you placed in the rock. So you really have to be... a lot of pressure. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, I still don't, like, I definitely don't feel comfortable to do anything where I have the potential of falling. But I've done some routes this summer that were kind of on the edge of where I'm what I feel comfortable doing without a rope. So I figured I want to learn how to protect myself if I get in those situations where I feel like rope would be beneficial. So yeah, I think I think developing technical skills to just, you know, look at a mountain and be like, I want to go there and being able to find a way to the top. And it's a different pace as well compared to mountain biking or trail running. It's like a, a much more slowed down endurance pace, right? It's a different kind of mindset. Sort of. (laughs) I really don't like waking up early. (laughs) So, well, I'm sure like when you do like really big mountains, it's of course it's slower, but I feel like for the stuff that I like to do just for like adventures and for fun, I'm not really a morning person. And usually summer has thunderstorms that roll in about two. So (laughs) you still kind of have to go really fast to to beat that. (laughs) You're like, I do everything fast. I do nothing slow. If you're slow, you're last. I do a lot of slow days. I really enjoy easy training. So I do have a lot of slow days, but those are like usually not up a tall mountain. When I go up a, like a big day, I want to go fast. So it's not as long. Is there any sports where you don't put on the clock? You just go and really sink yourself into it. Is it, is it running? Is it um, maybe hiking? Is there something that you can slow down and you do purely just for enjoyment? I think that would be scrambling up in the mountains. So going off trail, finding ridges that I know, you know, don't cliff out, but that don't really have a marked trail. So you kind of have to look around and see where does it make sense to go next and finding footholds and handholds and just kind of being on like a ridgeline and get going there without really a plan, just like a weather forecast and a time allotment, and then kind of deciding where I'm going from there. Yeah, like those days, I don't really look at any stats and I really love them. Something I think is really important to talk about is fueling your body right for activity. And no matter if you, that's whether you're a weekend warrior or professional athlete or starting your first 5K, it's all really important, right? Can you share some of your struggles in the past around eating and kind of what that looks like for you today and how you've adapted? Yeah, um, I've really, it took me 30 years to figure this out, (laughs) but I did, I did eventually, I think it just kind of came with the territory of being a gymnast back like in the nineties when I feel like, you know, that really wasn't talked about. There really weren't any nutrition coaches anywhere really near 
kids doing sports growing up. So there was just a lot of emphasis on being light, which, you know, being super competitive and taking wanting to do everything that I could to be the best I can sometimes you kind of self-sabotage in that. And then afterwards, I feel like I continuously found success by restricting the calories. Well, not really restricting. My problem was more like binge eating and then bulimia later on. But I never, growing up, I never really learned how to feel well and how to use fuelness cues because I never really had that because I just had disordered eating from when I was like probably seven, 10 years old. So to me, like I always had this idea that I had to be really light to be really fast. And it really, it worked for a little while. I was really fast at going uphill, but eventually after a year of being really successful, I had two years of constantly being broken. Um, There was always constantly something hurting I had two stress fractures and it just got to the point where mentally the success didn't mean anything anymore because I felt like I had no real control over happiness. Like it didn't, it didn't do what it used to do anymore. And it just, it was all about restricting and thinking about food all the time. And it was like hard to like go on a trip, not knowing what I'm going to eat. So with COVID actually, it was kind of nice because it meant that I wasn't going to race for a year. So I took that opportunity to just try and see if, and at that point I didn't really care. Even if I got back into sport, I just wanted to be healthy and I wanted to not hurt when I walked down the stairs and it took a while, but I've managed to get out of it. And there's still times when I, like this weekend in TikToks, there's so much freedom in being able to go somewhere and hang out with people that you've never met before and just food to not be a factor in that to be like I'll find something to eat there will be something to eat and it just gives so much freedom to enjoy life without having to worry about all those things that like in the end they really aren't markers of success Um, and I actually I haven't been injured in going on three years now with an exception I did actually have a stress fracture last year but that was when I did did the transalpine race which was an eight-day stage race across the Alps with an ultra every day um (laughs) so I, I, I asked I asked my PT and I was like should I do like a bone density scan and he was like no we do that when we don't know why stress fractures happened so it was like very clearly like something that when you don't really train high volume running you're taking some risks when you do a high volume running race other than that like I'm just so much happier. Like I don't have this horrible mood swings. I'm not hungry all the time. I can go out and enjoy life outside of training. And I I recover and I can train so much harder. And I can train twice a day. I can train in the evenings. I can train in the mornings because I provide my body with food. And it's, it's a pretty great feeling. <laughs> it's so nice to see you smile talking about that. That's so like, you know, I've never talked to you before, but it's so great to hear because I'm, I'm a millennial, I'm 34, I'm a millennial woman. And I couldn't imagine how hard it would be for teens and kids now with social media. And, but yeah, I, I like I look at food, and I look at training, and it's, you know, I still struggle with it all the time. I've always struggled with my weight. I, I totally understand where you're coming from on that. But it's so cool to hear a professional athlete talk about how important it is to fuel and enjoy life and feel feel good mentally when it comes to fueling yourself with activity. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's not easy. And I don't think it ever is going to be easy, especially 
for all the athletes that we've grown up around all this weights and stuff like that. I look at myself sometimes and I'm like, well, I don't really look like I can run uphill very fast. But it's so nice to have that feedback of doing well in races and loving the downhills, which I never did because there was always something hurting with every step. And so it kind of becomes this like trade-off, like sure, I'll never be this fast up a mountain anymore. But most of the races I do are up and down and I can smoke my times on the descents. So I just feel like there's, I think the hard part about this is that you can be really fast for a short period of time if you're not doing things healthy, but it's not sustainable. And I hope that in the future, the emphasis from the companies, from the media becomes on sustainable athletes rather than just briefly really fast athletes. Well, thank you so much for for sharing your thoughts on that because it's such a, it's such a, I think it's such a real topic that a lot of people, a lot of women specifically go through. So thank you for sharing that. Sure. <laughs> What I was so cool to see and that I wasn't expecting when I read it in your bio was, and like, like, you're very much a high achiever. Like, I can't just. <laughs> so you're like, one of my goals is to make the Olympics in 2026. I'm like, what? I think I put, I put in a dream goal yeah. there. <laughs> Representing Slovenia for Schemo. So first of all, so cool. Uh, secondly, I didn't know schema was an Olympic sport, it, or is that going to be the first year that it's an Olympic sport? It's going to be the first year that it's an Olympic sport. Wow. And there's only going to be, I believe, 36 spots for the world, for the, <laughs> both genders. So really 18 for gender. So it's going to be really tough. And like, I feel like it's going to be unfair because there's going to be quotas on how many people each country can bring. And like the whole... Swiss, French, and Italian team can smoke me, but they will only be able to bring one person. So you know that there are people better than you that didn't make it. Yeah, so it's going to be a long shot, but I'm going to give it everything that I have. And I, it's been scary to be like saying this out loud, but I feel like unless I do it, I won't really commit to it. But that way, if I know that I tried everything that I could and put like all the effort that I can into this. And then if it doesn't work out, I'll be okay with that. By the way, I just want to remind you, I see in front of me, U.S. National and North American Schemo Champion. I feel like that's a pretty good start, no? <laughs> yeah, I had a really good season that year. <laughs> <laughs> it was okay. It was fun. <laughs> um, I... I, I want to talk about when when I had Lindsay Webster on. And I feel like it's going to be the same for you. She was talking like, you know, what are some of your future goals? And she's like, I really want to like try sky running. And I'm going to, you know, because she was really into Spartan at this point. And she's like, I really. And then she won the whole thing. But she won sky running. But she yeah. won it. Yeah. She was like, I'm going to try it and see how I do. There's a lot of fast people. And then she literally won it. I was like, okay, well. Yeah. You're humble. So I feel like it's the same energy coming from you right now. So that's, that is what I'm hoping for. Well, if I think if Lindsay went into schema, I'm sure she could make it to the Olympics too, if she focused on that. <laughs> she's pretty, she's pretty incredible. Um, the thing she does. So, well, you, you are absolutely as well. And I appreciate our chat today. And we did kind of talk about nature, but I do want to ask again, when it comes to nature and doing all of these things and competing outside, do you think that life is just so much more enjoyable when you're doing these things outside and racing and playing? Yeah, I guess to me, like the best indicator that I'm doing 
what's truly making me happy is my coach got told me July should just be like kind of off, very unstructured. And he put in all these like adventures with friends on there. And the only thing I wanted to do was be outside and do different sports and play in the mountains. So I feel like when you come into racing from the perspective of already loving doing all of that and then just adding the racing component to it, I think that's when pretty cool things happen. So, but yeah, I think it's just, I think the outdoors just connects people. You can go out with friends and you're not on your phones, you're talking to each other or you're learning how to be comfortable with just the presence of the other person in silence. And I think that's sometimes missing from our daily lives that is not on the trail. Raya, I can't wait to see you compete at the 2026 Winter Olympics. And, and, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and hopefully we'll be able to chat again before that. But thank you so much for joining me on Let's Take This Outside. You were an amazing inspiration. And uh, I can't wait to release this episode. No, thank you so much for having me on it. It was a great chat. <laughs> Thanks for listening. For more Let's Take This Outside, go to letstakethisoutside.ca. I'm Debbie Travis. And I'm Tommy Smythe. And this is Trust Me, I'm a Decorator. We're now podcasters. And why did we call it that? Well, you know us as decorators, but we've got lots more to share. We want to talk about travel and relationships. We're going to have amazing guests on. Guests who inspire us for sure. We'll probably talk about design too. And of course, Tommy, don't forget about food. Oh my gosh, how did I forget about food? So please follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or as they say, wherever you get your podcast. And we'll pop right up when we have a new episode. Where's us luck. Produced and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company.